The NBA draft is right around the corner. Let's have our weekly chat with our draft expert host of Locked On NBA Draft, Richard Stamen. Today's show is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is the first daily fantasy sports book that gives you the player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash locked on for 30% back on your first play. Now, today's episode was recorded by Zoom. So the audio quality for myself was not particularly good. We got to work that out uh, soon, but the content is very, very good over these next two days. This content today will be about the NBA draft picks one through five. Tomorrow will be about the second round and will also be about how Kristaps Porzingis fits with the Oklahoma City Thunder. So for now, enjoy the show. You are locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host. Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R Y L A N underscore S T I L E S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L O Thunderpod. Email the show L O Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show for 05 362 7128. On today's show, we're joined by our bona fide draft expert, the host of Locked On NBA Draft. At Mavs Draft on Twitter, MavsDraft.com. Richard Stamen, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Just a little bit now, less than two weeks till the draft lottery in the combine. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. The draft lottery will be a day of nerves for everyone in Oklahoma City and everyone who uh, is a fan of the Oklahoma City Thunder for good reason. And now you mentioned the combine there as well. How excited are you for the combine? And, and what, what really does the combine mean in, in general? Yeah, so I think I mean, to answer the first question, very excited. Uh, I think any draft person who's not excited is not a draft person. But I think uh, I think the biggest thing, biggest point I would like to push on that is just I tweeted this out last week, and I, I can't emphasize it enough. Mock drafts right now mean absolutely nothing. Measurements ha- are not official. A lot of them are pretty actually inaccurate at this point. If you see someone, unless it's like almost a direct a direct direct source, excuse me. Uh, speaking about the wingspan or something like that, like we've seen it already. There's a second round prospect who tweeted his own wingspan. It's probably unreliable. So it's a good clarification zone. So things will be able just to be cleared up in a lot of different ways on, on mock drafts and Intel, things like that. So with the combine, you mentioned how important it is with the measurables. Is there, is there any other part of the combine that, that really matters? Because I think that everyone understands the measurables but i think that you know if as someone who's trying to like, get into the draft they might be looking at this and say well do the drills really matter do the scrimmages matter does anything else besides the true measurements matter from what we can see at home i think so i think you know the one on or the five on fives excuse me matter a lot the the combine testing which i guess would count as measurables they matter, but I think the five on five is a good way for guys to break onto the scene. I think the most important stuff that doesn't really happen on camera or anything, it's just the networking, the interviews. It's the first time teams are fully meeting these guys in person. 
So I think things like that are a little bit more important. The five on five, again, are just mostly for the guys who barely got in, you know, that are trying to make a name for themselves. The guys at the top of the draft aren't ever going to participate in that. And any first rounders who do really don't have much to gain on that front. So with the combine coming up, the lottery coming up, a lot can change. And of course, we're going to have our weekly chats leading up to the draft and after the draft, uh, kind of evaluating what's going to happen here. Uh, so we don't really know too much yet for the Thunder because not only are they subject, uh, you know, subjective to the lottery actually taking place, but they could very well get the Rockets pick at pick five and have two top five picks. So a lot can change between now and June 22nd. But one player who's very interesting is Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs is I think going to be a really good player in the NBA. I think he has a really good mental makeup. I think he has a really good skill set. Uh, but the one thing that I hesitate about with Jalen Suggs pertaining specifically to the Thunder is his off-ball play. Now, Kevin O'Connor is very confident of his ability to play off-ball. Where are you at with Jalen Suggs playing off-ball and not necessarily playing that lead guard role? Yeah, I think he can do both pretty well. You know, he averaged pretty much five assists per game at Gonzaga with two very ball dominant point guards who don't play off ball. So I think that's pretty promising for his upside. I think though, with him being an off ball guard, I'm very confident. If you took out, I think it was like two threes of his, his percentage almost goes to 36% from three, whereas he was at 34. So I think that I'm not worried about the shooting. It's a pretty clean stroke. It's quick. He has range. He loves shooting it from a little bit too deep, which probably is part of why he shot 34% from three. So I, I think he can easily do it. He can cut, he can spot up. He, he moves off ball pretty well when he wants to. So I, I'm very confident in his ability to be both an on-ball and off-ball guard offensively. What do you view Jalen Suggs' ceiling as? If, if he reaches the max potential that he has, it, it will be what, an all-star, superstar, face of the franchise? What, what is he looking at for a ceiling? Yeah, I think you're going to see him be one of the better second options in the league, better role like the the guys where you're like, are they a role player or a star hidden on a, as a role player, that kind of guy. I actually recently posted a scouting report on him and I think his best case scenario is multiple time, all-star efficient score, good playmaker, really just no flaws in his game, but doesn't have him being a superstar. Like his ceiling isn't crazy, but his floor is just completely polished. So has anyone taken a dramatic rise or fall in these last couple of months or have things kind of been quiet as we await the combine where we will see a bit of movement at some periods in the draft on the draft board uh, once the combine is over. So has anyone taken a big hit or a big rise this last couple of months? I really don't think so. The only person who comes close, maybe Jonathan Kuminga, just because he was like in the lock of being a top five prospect and still in the consensus he is, but he's the easiest guy for most people to knock down in their big boards. So I think might be him. The other guy who has been rising a lot is Chris Duarte. He actually, speaking of the combine, um, turned down an invitation, I think, or he said he's not participating, something like that. Uh, but he may have accepted because usually anytime that happens, it means they got a guarantee in a spot where they're happy enough where they can't really improve from there. So those are the two guys who they've kind of gone opposite directions. One more artificial than the other and just people being a little bit too harsh, I think, and judgmental too early. The other being a very legitimate shot where the guy has seen his stock skyrocket. Yeah, and that was a, a storyline that really piqued the interest of Thunder fans because the Thunder are known for handing out those promises. And if they land at pick 18 with Miami's pick, if they don't get Houston's pick, uh, that's kind of right in the range of where he could be at. Uh, now, you mentioned Kaminga, perfect segue to the next topic here. What are your feelings about Kaminga? Because I feel like he is, the, he is the distant five. At one time, it felt like 
there, everyone thought there was a, a top five in this draft and it was a clear cut top five and all five guys could be great. All five guys could be generational. All five guys could be someone you want to stake your claim to, but it feels like Kaminga is now not only a distant five, but as you said, you can talk yourself into other players at five. If you really want to get into the, the trendy and hipster picks where are you have Kaminga and where's his ceiling at right now? Yeah, I still have him number four. I'm not really that concerned about his, you know, floor flaws because the floor is low. That's a very real issue. But I think, you know, someone like him, he's a combo forward at I've seen as low as six, six. I really don't believe that because I've seen him next to Jalen Green. He's clearly bigger. who is was six, six. I think he's close to like six, eight, six, nine is that combo forward who can play, make defend. And I really do buy the shooting. The, the stroke is pretty clean. He just really needs to work on his touch. And I mean, he's young, he's still pretty inexperienced. So there's a lot of upside there. And again, the form isn't broken. It's actually kind of nice. It's just a little bit long. So I think people are just looking at the results a little bit too harshly compared to how I am. I'm a very process over the results oriented person. And I don't really worry that he shot like 28% from three. I love whenever you and I agree on things, it makes me feel smart because I've been saying that about coming a shot. Uh, since the Ignite season started and then people were ripping on a, a, his shooting percentage and, th- and things like that. But I like Kaminga. He is my number five, but I do like him. And, and I uh, think he can be something talented and something special. And the floor for me for Kaminga is like an Andre Robertson type of player where he's an elite defender, can't contribute offensively. Is, is that a safe floor or do you think his floor is even lower than elite defender? I mean, it's a, I think his floor is out of the league. It's, it's, he's a boomer bust player, but I, I'm very confident in saying that I can believe in his ability to boom. It's just, you know, there, he probably is the most bustable top five prospect. Do you know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is that really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You are playing against thousands of other lineups and even experts who have more tools and more time than you do. You do not stand a chance. That's why we're introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineup and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. Your name, you name your stakes and winner takes all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineup ahead of time. No one else does that. You are in total control. Stat Hero is your daily fantasy sports the way it's meant to be, one-on-one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. That's stathero.com slash locked on to sign up for free. And right now, you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. That's stathero.com. Slash locked on. I'm going to say right now, but good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar, a phenomenal protein bar, tastes just like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked15. That's promo code locked15 to get 15% off your next order because they have nine delicious flavors coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. My favorite flavor is the peanut butter brownie flavor. Try that out today. And if you don't know your favorite flavor yet, do not worry because you can get a mixed box and that mixed box will give you two of each of the nine flavors. You can try them all out and then reorder the flavor you love the most. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, 
only 130 calories, only four grams sugar, and only four grams net carbs. Trust me, the Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. It tastes like a candy bar. It's great for pre-workout, post-workout, or even as a meal replacement. You will not want to miss it. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. It will be interesting to see how Kaminga's career unfolds, and there's a good chance the Thunder land Jonathan Kaminga one way or the other uh, because either their pick will be at five or hopefully they get the Rockets pick at five, and so Kaminga will be there for the taking. Is there an argument for Keon Johnson at five? Because Keon Johnson is my number six, and I think that of the next year, right, if you if you label off this draft at one through five and you have, you know, Kaminga, Green, Suggs, Mobley, Cunningham – after that group, I think that the next person that has star potential is Keon Johnson. The next guy I'd bet on to be a star would be Keon Johnson if he fits that that ceiling of his. Is there an argument for him to be five or anyone else to be five over Kaminga, or do you think that it, it would be ridiculous to let a guy like Kaminga, even as he has a low floor, pass away at five? Keon's a guy who I, he could be. I'm not there yet just because he does have some pretty noticeable holes in his game as well. But I think, like, you know, a lot of people will put him or Springer. Like, I'm very confident one of those Tennessee guys will hit their ceiling, and their ceilings are very high. They're both young, explosive. They've got a lot of upside. I personally don't have the consensus top five. I, I, we've talked about this, I think. I still have Kaminga number four. But my fifth is James Book Knight. I think he's someone who, if you want to find it, like 20 points per game scores, they stick in their – they're a top five, six redrafts every single time. It's very. I feel very confident in saying that he's going to average near 20 a game consistently for several years. So I would say there's an argument for him over Kaminga. So I do want to talk about your favorite prospect in Evan Mobley. And uh, we, did his, we did his draft profile this week, and it's a hot topic. I didn't bring up your Kevin Durant take during that profile. Don't oh, worry. yeah, I listened. I listened. <laughs> I was listening very carefully for it. <laughs> uh, but in that profile, you heard me say that I think SGA is the very best partner for Evan Mobley of the teams that can reasonably get Evan Mobley at the top of this draft. Do you think that the, do you think the same way on that pairing of SGA and Evan Mobley? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to really put anyone else in that, in that category because the other teams in that at the top of the draft are pretty much rebuilding. So it's a little bit hard. The only one that came close was maybe Minnesota won the lottery. I think him and cat could actually be pretty lethal, but that's not a guard and that technically is a cheating answer. So no, I think you're right. I think that's the best fit. And maybe if you put De'Aaron Fox, that would be the only other person. So the Thunder, hopefully are going to get a top five pick. They could fall to eight, but let's just operate under the assumption of a top five pick. Now, obviously Cade Cunningham would be the very best player for the Thunder to get and any team to get. Has your order two through five changed though on who you would like to see in Oklahoma city, just trying to match the timeline and match the fit with the players already on this team. Yeah, no, I don't really think much has changed on that. I mean, um, my two, my number two player, cause Kate is number one would be Mobley. And then I think after that, I mean, if there was a team that could unlock Kaminga, it's probably Oklahoma city. I'm, I'd almost put him third. I really don't know how much Suggs and SGA coexist and really make they would make each other better, but it's just like in which ways. And I'm not too sure if Suggs is the best counterpart. I don't know if you need a more traditional point guard or a more specialized point guard. I don't, I can't figure out what the best role next to SGA would be. So I would still take, put Suggs number four, 
on that list though, just because like he's that good and he will stick no matter where he is, he'll find a role. But again, just the ceiling is limited. And then Jalen green, just cause he's the lowest of, uh, of the players on my board, I would put him as number five. You uh, and I very differ on Jalen Green. I have number two on my board, and you, you, I think you have him out of the top five. Uh, but what what is it about Evan Mobley that would be so special with SGA and, and about uh, this draft class that the Thunder uh, could get Evan Mobley next SGA? What, what do you think that, that would look like, not only next year? I think next year they'd still be a pretty bad team because they'd be so young and they'd struggle to close out games. But moving forward, what, what would you see the development process look like for a guy like Evan Mobley and SGA? Yeah, so, I mean, if there's been a team that's really made the most of skinny guys on the defensive end, it's probably OKC. And Evan Mobley is that guy. Like, he, he he's a great defender, even though he gets bullied in the post. And I, I think it was you, actually. I was listening to a breakdown. I think it was you that said, like, you know, he's going to get dominated in the post. But does that really matter that much? Like, we've seen Porzingis be a good defender for years prior to this year without being a post defender it's not that big of a deal so I don't worry that much about it I don't put too much weight but then on the offensive end like you think about USC had no real guard play and then you have a guy who is borderline unstoppable getting to the rim in Shea so uh, pairing those two and the amount of dump offs Mobley had this year and just thrived on that I can't imagine how good Mobley would be at the rim at next to SGA. And then also you counter in the fact, and we actually disagree on this. I fully buy Mobley's shooting potential. And I think SGA could really help him on the driving kick. Like that would open up a lot of shots for Mobley. SGA is elite at the driving kick. So if Mobley kicks in the floor, uh, that would be incredible. What is it about Mobley's shot that you buy and, and why are you projecting him to kind of fill in as a shooter? Yeah. So, I mean, the form is really nice. I've seen him take pull-up jumpers over shooters. It's just pretty rare for a seven footer, like in the mid range, I fully buy his mid range shooting. And at this point being so young, if he has the mid range decently down already, I don't see why he can't expand it to three point percent, the three point line. So do you have the same kind of worries? I do as you rattled off who you would put next to Shea and who you would put on this team. You mentioned Suggs there. I'm I'm not worried about Suggs being a good player in general. On a vacuum on, on any team, I think Suggs will be a good player. I worry about how he coexists with SGA specifically. Do you have those same worries about that duo? A little bit. Um, I mean, again, it's just, I don't know. I think it hurts Suggs more than SGA. I think it makes SGA better, but it's just like, if you're trying to get Suggs to hit that, like if you're at the top in this draft and you have a chance to really find a cornerstone, I don't know if Suggs is it. Like he... I don't know if he's even a cornerstone role player for this team. Like it's a very hard, obviously like the, the roster is going to be shaken up, but how it kind of looks now, how we project it. I don't know if Suggs fits the best combination of need talent and timeline. And so whenever we talk about Jalen green real quick, we're going to get into more of just than more than the top five. Don't worry, but I do want to hit on this topic real quick. What is it about Jalen green that you don't like? You've had a ton of time to evaluate him and, and you've, I've been doing research on him for a long, long, long time. And yet we have such a wide discrepancy on Jalen Green. Yeah. So I think it first starts with ball handling. I don't know how he really gets to the rim at a high level early on until he develops that handle more. Cause it's pretty loose to me. And, and like, while he can blow by guys, he doesn't really do it outside of like just straight line drives. He can't beat you in a variety of moves yet. So that limits his best tool, which is his athleticism. And then the jump shot, I think, is a little bit behind where people think it is. It's not a huge issue. I think it'll come along. Obviously, great finisher. It's just like, can he use those tools? And I think the ball handling really holds it back. And then as another thing is defense is pretty bad. But 
Hard to tell in the G League. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers, including uh, that, that were looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, a tobacco alternative that does not suck. Researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine uh, that come in three flavors, winter green, cinnamon, and pomegranate. Lucy also has lozenges in, with a four milligram of nicotine that have three flavors, cherry ice, citrus, and mint. Lucy lozenges and gum are FSA and HSA eligible. So you can use your FSA card to purchase Lucy now. And it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere on flights, at work, at home, on the go, or even at the gym. So whenever you need to get rid of your cigarettes, unplugging your vape and throwing out your dip, which you should in 2021, uh, get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. Uh, this is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivering down. Lucy lozenges and gum are also FSA and HSA eligible. So you can use your pre-tax dollars on them. Locked on NBA Network listeners, go to lucy.co and use the promo code Locked On NBA to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co and use promo code Locked On NBA at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine delivered uh, from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive, an addictive chemical. Lucy.co, be sure to use promo code Locked On NBA. So I'm very blinded by Cade Cunningham. You know, I, I love I love Jalen Green. I've hyped him up a lot more than you. I've put him at number two on my board. I, I like Mobley enough. I, I like Kaminga more than most. But for me, I am just laser focused on Cade Cunningham. Is it crazy that I'd rather have picks one and eighteen, meaning that Houston keeps their pick, than I would rather have? I'd rather have that than picks two and five, and the Thunder get Houston's pick at five, and they get their own pick at two. Which one would you go with as someone who can kind of be more objective of the, th of the thunder itself uh, and not just look for the very, very, very best player in kid Cunningham. Yeah. That's a really hard one because on one hand, like yes, Kate is the absolute prize. And I do have a tier of pretty much, I think it's 10 through 22 or so 25 is one single tier. Like it's very interchangeable for the most part. There's guys all prioritizing that tier, but like for the most part, I'd take them all in, in some range and not be too mad about the result. But on the other hand, like, and, and that is a good deal because you could get a massive swing for the fences at 18 and hit. And then, you know, obviously number one, you'll hit no matter what, but at number two, like, I've, I think, I don't know if I've said this before in your podcast, but I think only like five of the last five or six of the last like 15 drafts, the number one player has actually ended up the clear cut number one player from that draft. So you have a good chance and it's usually like somewhere two through 10 is where the best player ends up. So if you got anywhere two through five, and then you said also the eighth pick, right? No, so they so they have picked two and five because Houston was five. then four oh, to five, and then yeah, they have two. Yeah, and five. so I mean, yeah, you would have two really high quality chances at getting the actual best player in five years. So it's honestly, I'm completely 50-50. It's just which route would you prefer? You know, getting the lock like top, he's gonna return to top three to top five at absolute worst in Cade. And then you could also swing for the fences and a guy who could be a steal, or you get two chances at what very likely will be the best player in the draft. That's interesting. I, again, I just, I am so in love with the, with the mindset of having K next to Shea. I think that, you know, 
it could be redundant, but redundant in a in a good way that they're that they'd play so well with each other. Do you like that pairing as much as as much as I do? Would you again rather go with two and five and, and skip out on that pairing? Is that pairing not alluring enough uh, to to give away two top five picks? No, it's probably my favorite pairing in the top ten outside of my Homer goggles in Orlando, but. I, I do love that fit. I think they make each other so much better. It's the perfect on-off combination. And I know I said about Suggs how he doesn't necessarily make him better, but um, or how SGA and Suggs, one of them will always like kind of be lesser than the other. I think it's not the case with Kate. I think both could be one A, one B at full time. This was a fantastic first chat with Richard Stamen of Locked On NBA Draft at Mavs Draft on Twitter. Follow him over there. Go look up MavsDraft.com as well for his written work. Again, I apologize for the Zoom audio. I'm not sure what happened on my end there. We're going to get that sorted out. But tomorrow's show will be part two of this conversation where we talk about the second round prospects. We talk more about the first round prospects. And we talk about Kristaps Porzingis and the Al Horford swap. You guys have been beating down the door with the DMs and the mentions about Al Horford for KP. It's been a hot topic around Thunder Twitter. We cover it with Mavs Draft, a Mavs fan, and talk about all the details of what it could be with the value for Oklahoma City, what it means if it happens, if it doesn't happen, and so much more. So stay tuned for that. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. When this podcast is over, as it is right now, go check out the Locked On Today podcast, hosted by Peter Bukowski. That's a great job of making sure you're up to date on everything involving the world of sports. I'm excited for tomorrow's pod to drop, so make sure you listen to it tomorrow over the weekend. Locked on Thunder, anywhere you get your podcast from, covering the KP Al Horford swap. Until then, be good and be good to one another.